0: Hi, I'm Michael Winslow from Police Academy One Through Infinity. And Spaceballs with Mel Brooks. And you are listening to Canned <coughs> Air. Inhale it and enjoy. End <laughs> message.
1: everyone, and welcome to another episode of Canned Air, your tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. And I'm Randy Hardenbrush. And joining us today, returning to the show, boy, oh, boy, has it been a long damn time since this guy's been here. His first appearance was in episode 42. Second appearance was 206, and he hasn't been back six, since. And this is episode, what, 402? So damn near 200 episodes since he's been on long overdue we welcome back a boots the web comic author and artist John Yuskatis jr. back to the show John thank you so much for being here man
2: hey guys thanks for having me it has been a long time um, and I, I think something I may have gone into some type of cryo sleep for those hundred episodes <laughs> that passed in between but I, I'm back and I'm, I'm really excited to be here tonight thank you for having me
1: I think I have to have been in some kind of cryo state in order to keep doing this many episodes. Like, I don't know what's wrong with me. But, no, you know, these are always my favorite uh, episodes bringing uh, back people who were there in those early years. Uh, it just, I don't know, it just there's a homey feeling, so it's really great to have you back, John. And excited to catch up with you with uh, Boots and Pup. But before we do that... Uh, in our Retro Roundtable, we're going to be looking at comedy duos from throughout pop culture. Uh, just kind of, uh, I guess, in lieu of Boots and Pup themselves uh, being a, somewhat of a comedy duo. So we're going to be uh, looking at all the comedy duos that we can think of. I've got a few funny ones here. I know Randy's been chomping at the bit here. And you then know it. That, <laughs> that, we're going to turn our attention over to John and talk more about Boots and Pup. But before we do any of that, don't forget to find us on Twitter at Pod and on Instagram at canned underscore air. If you like what we're doing, want to show some support, head to cannedairpodcast.com. There's a merch tab there that gets you t-shirts, mugs, tote bags, a whole bunch of crap with our logo on it. Not crap, good stuff. A whole bunch of good stuff with our logo on it. And then our Patreon page. There's also a link for that right there. a month gets you access to the Candare Patreon pod and $10 gets you even more access to digital content and merchandise there as well. So again, CandarePodcast.com, that merch button,
3: the Patreon button. Randy, what am I forgetting? So if you're around Central Ohio on uh, September 25th, uh, come see us at the Corg Gaming Convention. Uh, We're going to be hosting, there's going to be prizes, there's going to be... Dr. Mario tournaments, video games, comics, toys. I mean, you name it, it's going to be there. It's going to be a blast.
1: Sounds like a hoot and a holler. I cannot wait for it. So, all right, is that everything then? I think so. Let's kick it off with this week's Retro Roundtable.
0: Hold on to your butts. (laughs) Spend no (laughs) (laughs) expense.
1: Filling. All right. Our favorite comedy duos from throughout pop culture. Randy, kick us off, please.
3: All right. So I've been waiting a long time to talk about this. I duo. know you have. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy's already tuned me out. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> so me being a fan of kind of older cinema, stuff like that, There is a duo uh, by the name of Clark and McCullough back almost right at the, uh, well, right at the time period when the uh, silent movies switched over to the talkies. Uh, We're talking pre-code kind of stuff. Basically, this is a comedy duo. They got their start on vaudeville. They were from uh, Springfield, Ohio. Uh, Oh, shit. Yeah, hometown boys. Basically, they were more or less... Pretty similar to like uh, an Abbott and Costello or the Marx Brothers, but maybe a little grittier. A lot of their acts would be involved like double entendres. I mean, just real racy stuff for the time. And a lot of their stuff you can find on YouTube. But if you uh, watch any of it, there's one particular I was watching right before uh, I, I got on the, the recording. They are trying to uh, get a date with uh, some, I think, Buddhist monks women or something like that. No, it wouldn't be Buddhist monk women. But anyway, basically, they're trying to get a date with these chicks and they're running around in bikinis, which for the time, I mean, shit, I used to think, you know, they'd wear like full body suits. For, yeah, uh, it wasn't like wear. showing
1: ankle for a woman too much at that time.
3: <laughs> Just about. Yeah. So, but I mean, full on like string bikini style wear in this, this 1920s movie. So that's um, why you like it so much. Oh, uh, you know, but uh, it's just it's its really jarring to see older stuff and comedy routines and uh, movies uh, from that period that risque, you know, if, if you follow any of like the 50s, like Leave It to Beaver style, you know, wholesome. Yeah, yeah. these guys aren't it. <laughs> huh.
1: And from Springfield, Ohio, you said.
3: Yep. Yeah. And I, I think they really would have went on to make a bigger impact, but unfortunately, uh, McCullough ended up committing suicide pretty pretty early on. They just they had a really good, strong vaudeville act, but it didn't quite translate over to uh, cinema as well as they would have liked. So I uh, just got depressed, and yeah, that sucked.
1: <laughs> I didn't know anything that great came out of uh, Springfield, Ohio, other than uh, I'm pretty sure Clancy Brown comes from uh, Springfield, Ohio as well. He was oh, the okay. uh, well. He was one of the guards in Shawshank, and he's done many other things. But
2: oh my gosh, he was in um, in Buckaroo Banzai.
1: Oh, is that right? I, I haven't seen that.
2: Wow,
3: um, <laughs> John's leaving. Sorry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, peace out, guys. Uh,
1: uh, I didn't know you could hear uh, judgment, but son of a bitch, here we are.
2: <laughs> yeah, I was just also thinking. You also have to Carey, right? Doesn't isn't he from Ohio?
1: He is yes. He's from uh, Cleveland, I think. Like uh, maybe like the Parma area, maybe.
2: Yeah. So I, I mean, I guess I've never been to Ohio, but I definitely, and I've ne- actually never, never heard of Clock and McCullough. Um, I'm just looking at them now. It's very, very intriguing. That's a real deep
3: cut that we're starting off with. It's if you have any interest in any of that older, like Mark's Brothers, Abbott and Costello, like that at all, just check them out on YouTube. It's. It's it's a lot of fun, and Clark is really uh, he painted his glasses on his face for comedic effect because they used to be clowns, uh, in their vaudeville act. So it's they have a real unique look. Very interesting. Absolutely, I'm I am a huge Mox Brothers fan, um, oh, to you- the
2: point where it, it's it, it's embarrassingly so.
3: <laughs> well, you'll probably get a kick out of these guys then. Yeah, no, for, for sure. Well,
1: let's just move over to John. Uh, what would be your pick, I, or do we already know it?
2: <laughs> well, so since we're talking duos, um, and I, I could probably give you some technicality by throwing the Marx Brothers in there, um, <laughs> I won't. I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually gonna gonna go for two that really just always cracked me up, and that's you know Tim Conway and Harvey Korman on the Calibanet show. I've always oh, felt wow. that two of those, yeah, yes. when you put the two of them together, um, it, it just was was. not only beyond classic there was just such a chemistry between the two of them and I think that they they epitomized where where, what we're looking at with the um with the classic duos I think you you, almost like you can put them up against a checklist do they have everything in check do they do they have the, the straight man funny man do they have the ability to, um, you know, to flop those roles if need be. And I, I, I'm thinking of that episode where Tim Conway was, um, well, actually, so that's just, actually just Tim Conway, but um, I, I was thinking of him with Lyle Wagner and the Hitler puppet, right? But <laughs> the, just, just the, those two um, in terms of their, um, just the, the, the presence, the screen presence and their ability to crack everybody up. And my favorite bit, I think, was when they were doing roll call um on the pacific island um they were the only two marines there but they were you know they were kind of going through their their um the uh, military duty as it was it was i think it was like a, a world war ii type um uh, skit but yeah no i, I really I really do think that they um they epitomize kind of where, where where we're heading here and obviously you know the i won't jump ahead but there are uh, there are people were more classic that i like but i just always felt as a kid they were contemporary for me because i was growing up in the 70s and i got to see them kind of do their thing well not live but as it was as it was airing um and just kind of introducing the concept of that straight man the straight guy funny guy um which opened up some of these others these other acts for me
1: awesome some of the best comedy to ever be came from that freaking show, the Carol Burnett show. Like, what an amazing show that was. There hasn't been anything quite like it since, nor will there ever be, probably. No,
2: that's true. That's true.
1: My pick here is not going to be quite as, uh, I don't know, deep cut ish as, as you. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I guess Tim Conway's not a super deep cut, but uh, Tom and Jerry. I love Tom and Jerry. I've always loved that's Tom fair. and Jerry. I don't know. As far as what I think makes a great on-screen comedic uh, duo, I mean, not saying anything prolific here, but it's, you know, exactly the odd couple uh, scenario where, you know, two opposites are constantly banging on it against each other. And that's kind of the same thing with Tom and Jerry. You know, one's always trying to get the other and uh, unsuccessfully. But uh, what makes that... So great for me, those cartoons. Uh, one is just the lack of dialogue. You know, they don't talk. If they did, I think it would be ruined. Except for when the Tomcat screams when he gets his foot hit or something. That never ceases to crack me up. But um, I don't know. They're almost like uh, silent comedies in themselves. You know what I mean? Like silent uh, films.
3: Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, you don't get a lot of dialogue unless you watch like the... They do like a movie in the 90s where they had like dialogue and it was like super...
1: Oh, Super I don't weird. count
3: any of that shit, no.
1: <laughs> Anything after, I, like, the 70s, 60s, 70s, like, this goes downhill from there. It's the early stuff that I always love. Same with, like, Looney Tunes. Looney Tunes had a good run in the uh, in the 70s still, but after that, it all went downhill, I thought.
3: I'm actually surprised in you didn't comments. say Oh, go ahead.
2: Oh, I'm so sorry, Randy. I was just gonna um, say that I think Tom and Jerry by the late 50s into the early 60s, whichever, there was an episode, one of the um, shorts where they were going after the whale instead of it being Moby Dick, it was Dickie Mobe. I believe it was. I feel like that was (laughs) the the final cutoff. It was very stylistic um, and I can appreciate it from an art standpoint, but it kind of lost the fluidness of that early Hanna-Barbera, which was classic because it was all Pratt Falls and and, and sight gags. With these characters um and it's just i to this day i'll stop and watch tom and jerry if it's on tv and yeah. uh, i won't stop until it's over
1: it's just great entertainment it never gets old for me never gets old even even if it's one i've seen a million times they just make me laugh especially when that damn cat screams it's just like the <laughs> funniest thing in the world when he screams
3: i'm actually surprised you uh didn't bring up uh, itchy and scratchy
1: Oh, that's a good point. The uh, Simpsons, uh, Tom and Jerry knockoff, which, you know, pretty much are the same thing. I think they have talked before, though, but uh, yeah, they take it to a new level. They were like happy tree (laughs) friends before happy tree friends, right? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) There are people who have on YouTube gone through all the Simpsons episodes and cut out all the itchy and scratchy cartoons and made like one long video where you can just watch nothing but itchy and scratchy on youtube that's amazing
3: (laughs) to me it was anyway i kind of quiet there after i said all that but no i mean honestly it's kind of i'm rabbit trailing but it's kind of surprising like think of all the spin-offs that like family guy got with the cleveland show like why didn't they ever do a spin-off itchy and scratchy
1: I don't know you know uh they did do a uh a video game a super nintendo video game that was based just itchy and scratchy and uh i own it and it's horrible horrible <laughs> well as many of those games were but um other than that no i don't think uh you know just any spinoff actually i mean i'm sure the creators have to sign off on that and i'm sure they were probably all like nah I think we're good. But they did have a a episode of The Simpsons where there was like a whole spinoff showcase where they did like a spinoff with Chief Wiggum and it was uh, Wiggum P.I. Then there was like Skinner (laughs) and the superintendent, which I'm sure everybody's seen um, the steamed hams meme with Principal Skinner. (laughs) Yeah. And that's what that comes from is uh, the Skinner and the superintendent spinoff skit that they did in that episode. There was another one that I can't recall off the top of my head, but.
3: Anyway, we are back to Randy. So my next comedic duo pick is uh, one I didn't really watch a lot of. I just know of because one of these stars went on to be super famous and the other one you didn't really hear a lot of. And K-N-K. that is, uh, no, <laughs> good, good guess. But no, I'm talking uh, Tom Hanks and Peter Scolari and Bosom Buddies. Oh yeah! Oh, yeah. wow. Another deep cut there. So yeah, and I don't remember much about the premise of the show other than those two dressing in drag. They um, had
1: to do it to uh, secure they they couldn't find a place to living. live, and they were living in like an all woman's dormitory or, or apartment building or something. So they had to dress as women to live there, right?
3: Yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah, that makes sense now. I I mean, it was one of those things. I think it was on like Nick at Night or something. And I caught it when I was like younger, and I was like, Hey, isn't that Tom Hanks? And sorry that we all got to start somewhere. Pick, but. <laughs> No, that, that was a,
2: that was a great show. I, I watched it, unfortunately, live as it well, not live, but as it aired back in the '80s. It was um, right. it was one of one of the the staples for the week.
1: Sure, sure. There was another show that was on uh, late '80s, early '90s that was a uh, part of the TGIF lineup that was not very well known at all. I don't know if you guys will remember a show called Baby Talk. It sounds familiar. It came Who's after it? the uh, popularity of, like, Look Who's Talking with John Travolta and Christy Alley, like the Talking Baby movies.
3: Oh, okay. And okay. essentially,
1: it was the exact same concept brought to television. And I'm pretty sure Tony Danza was the voice of the baby. But one thing, uh, as far as people getting their starts and stuff, the super in that show, the super in that show, like the, the apartment, you know, superintendent, who always yeah. shows up in bibs and has a great big mullet as George Clooney, one of his first gigs
3: no kidding
1: yeah
3: (laughs) it's hilarious
1: oh yeah it's funny it's funny but again we got to start somewhere you got to start climbing that ladder at some point right typically we try to hide the bottom rungs i guess
2: (laughs) yeah i think that that for him though was um he he did the facts of life probably before that
0: oh yeah you're right he
2: would have done the
1: facts of life before that all right uh let's go to john next
2: Okay, well, I'm going to take you to the world of Gary Marshall and talk to you about Laverne and Shirley. Oh, I feel like yes. that show, um, you know, here we have two, two female characters. Um, have it really, really entertaining in, in terms of the hijinks that they get into. But we also had the sub-characters of Lenny and Squiggy. So we had dose duos, if we can say it that way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and so that was super entertaining. Uh, always fun. Um, the, the side characters were also great. I really feel like the universe that, that Gary Marshall had built around those characters and Happy Days, and then, uh, well, I'll throw I'll throw a Mork and Mindy, right? I don't know if you call them a comedy oh, yeah. duo, but it of still course. all came out of that uh, out of the, those the brain trust that created these shows. Um, it was just all, always entertaining. There was something about it that. It felt really, it did really feel working class. It felt like these were people that, you know, you kind of knew. They felt like people your parents knew growing up. But there was just always something fun about it. It was always, you could just kind of tune in and enjoy whatever latest trouble they got into. And even when they moved out to um, California and Hollywood, if you remember that, that was later in the season where they, they, they kind of changed
1: scenarios or changed scenery. No, I don't remember that.
2: Yeah. It was, it was, I think, I don't know what, what what the cutoff was in the seasons, but they w- moved out there. Carmine went out with there with them, and they had their um, their next door neighbor Rhonda, I believe it was, who was this Hollywood actress or wannabe actress, um, so just kind of. And then Lenny and Squiggy followed them again. Just, just <laughs> great, great. There's a great duo right there. Maybe I should have just gone right to Lenny and Squiggy um, just because I, I think that they have a, I my characters probably share a lot in terms of their um, you know, the, their appeal or lack of appeal.
1: Oh, I thought they were always funny. Hi, Levine, Levine. I can't do it. <laughs> but um, they always made me laugh. They were always ridiculous. No matter what age you're watching that show, you can see these two are a couple blowhards. But uh, Laverne and Shirley was just a great show. And I will say that one of my early crushes watching that show was Shirley. She was a cutie pie. That's Cindy Williams. Cindy yeah. Williams. Thank you. Yeah, she was. she was yeah. a cutie.
2: And Laverne with her with her with her
1: Pepsi and milk,
2: which sounds awful, but here in New England we have a, a regional soda called Moxie, and Moxie Love and milk is okay. So Moxie and milk is what my dad used to drink, um, and his, his dad and, and all of my, my uncle. That, that's what that was their deal: mixing the Moxie with the milk. And I guess they had to do that in order to actually drink the Moxie because it is one of the most interesting flavors you'll ever have
3: it's yeah
1: it's it's weird it's what's the ratio if you it? mix one like how much Pepsi to milk
2: oh gosh I think it was a personal preference but uh, the taste of moxie would be if you put a whole like a handful of pennies in your mouth and just sucked on them that's <laughs> it. just think about how that would how that would taste oh I that's thought you were guys moxie. trying to sell
1: it as a good taste like that's a hor- that sounds horrible
2: oh it's an acquired taste so Randy I I, I, I having had it, can you describe it, compare it to anything you've ever had o- outside of that? Um, and, that and that's kind
3: of, I'm trying to think of that. Um, I mean, it's like, it's almost like, it's, it's just a really unique taste. It's almost like a, it almost has like kind of a tea taste to it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Not winning me Heart, over I would, with that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say, I would say like, definitely like an IPA that went bad. Yeah, <laughs> you have to be an IPA
3: drinker to I think to appreciate it. I don't know if it's got like it's got something in. It. I don't know if it's sarsaparilla. or it's it's something that has like a real kind of a medicinal flavor to it. But it's it's not horrible. It's just it's different. Different.
1: Well, if they ever market it, that could be their uh, their tagline. Not horrible, just different. <laughs> just different.
3: <laughs> I don't think Moxie's going to be beating down my door for that one jar, sorry. <laughs>
1: Oh, that sounds horrible. I will never try that. Here's one I'm choosing, um, not because I think they are very influential as a comedic duo, but at the time, it's just kind of uh, crazy to wrap your head around how influential they were uh, Beavis and Butthead. It's not comedy that ages well. And if you watch it closely, sometimes it's, I mean, it's really not like comedy at all. It's just kind of fart jokes and smacking each other. You know, when you're a kid and stuff, it's a lot funnier. But, uh, the one thing I think that made that show work was the mix of the quick cartoon with music videos. You know, that's what made it fun. But when they put the DVDs out, uh, they put, for some reason, I don't know why, they didn't leave the episodes intact, like you had an, a disc that was all the cartoons then you had a disc that was
3: all the music videos, and I thought, why? Probably, probably something with distribution rights or something I for would the assume
1: music. so, probably but all the same, the music's still there so why not just put, I don't know
3: Yeah, um, no, that's true
1: But it was there, you know, because I, when Beavis and Butthead was on the air, I was like, oh man, it was so cool, it was awesome, it was, you know, whatever those DVDs come out I get one and I start watching. I'm like, what the fuck it was? I think, I mean, five, you know, four or five cartoons in and you're over it. There's no depth to it. There's and I am I don't mean to shit on it because, I mean, it was a cultural happening. And I guess that's why I bring it up. Uh, just how big it was and how extreme it was. Like Bart Simpson used to be extreme. Then Beavis and Butthead was extreme. Now the shit's tame as can be. But just uh, I don't know. Again, I don't bring them up because of uh, their comedy chops, but just because of the
3: mark they, for some reason, left on pop culture. It's kind of funny you mention them because I've noticed recently. I know you guys aren't on TikTok a lot, but a lot of like their super clip, like the audio clips of like some of their stuff, is starting to become popular and like widely circulated on platforms like TikTok. So there'll be a lot of uh, videos using the clip of you know when they're in the supermarket going. We're looking for the chick with really big boobs, or just the, the laps and stuff like that. So right. I don't know if they're becoming more significant because they're, quote unquote, retro now or, you know, what. the. I
1: had heard some uh, rumor over the past four or five years that they were supposed to be coming back. I don't know if that's already happened and they uh, came and gone. Um, maybe it's still yet to happen. Maybe it was put on hiatus because of COVID. I don't know. Uh, it's mm. not something I'm really watching closely. Uh, I just saw their name when I was looking up stuff, and I just thought, man, what kind of a, uh, again, just a happening it was, because I can't explain it other than the fact that they were just proud underachievers, and that's what kind of the 90s uh, uh, dem- teenage demographic was, you know, underachiever yeah. and proud of it kind of stuff. Anyway, all right. Uh, did anybody else have any other picks before we moved on?
3: I just had one quick one, if that's cool. Mm-hmm. Cartoon, we're, if we're on cartoons, and I'm gonna kind of hop off uh, the one you just did, but uh, Ren and Stimpy. Oh yeah, the, uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> happy, happy, joy, joy. I just I remember that was one show I was not allowed to watch as a kid, so yeah. I watched the shit out of it whenever I could.
1: You know, I think that's the same reason thing that fueled my love for the Simpsons. I wasn't allowed to, so I did. Same with yeah. Ren and Stimpy, though, and um, I just love their dynamic you know it's not just i mean one of them is just completely carefree loves life yeah you can't do anything to get him down and the yep. other one is just high strung constant anxiety that can't be calmed so
3: what a perfect uh duo wren smacking the shit out of stimpy for no apparent reason
0: stupid idiot, Stop
3: an idiot! <laughs> <laughs> Talk about
1: another Classic. happening when those guys came out, man. They they couldn't be escaped. Action figures, dolls. I used to have a bunch of Ren and Stippy comic books. I don't even know what happened oh, yeah. to them. Oh yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. No, and and they there was a bit of a slight resurgence. Nineties is hot again with licensing, um, and they actually, I believe, they're going to be doing a new series. Um, oh really? It an, yeah, it was announced. Um, I started making the rounds on Facebook among some of the animators and folks that I, I, I follow and I'm connected to, and. I don't think though that they were, at the time, aiming for some of the the original creators, which is too bad because some of the most talented people um, worked on that show and they're available or they they are still working within the industry and it would be amazing to see them come back. It would be amazing to see um, uh, Bob Camp come back, I think Vince Waller, um, and also I believe that it's going to be including um, Billy West. Um, we'll oh, be yeah. doing coming back to do the voices of it now. Again, I'm, I'm this is just rumors at this point because I haven't seen anything since COVID hit, but right. this was all, all kind of part of um bringing them back and hitting the 90s. There's other things like the Rugrats and things like that too coming back, but so yeah. 90s are, are definitely in.
1: I'd heard something about the Rugrats No, I, I now Ren and Stimpy. Didn't they already come back in like the early two thousands, like two thousand? We don't talk about
2: that. Yeah, no, no, no. We'll, we'll, we'll pretend that never happened. That was a okay. spike. That was a spike, um, something or other that came about, and it involved the original creator, and uh, it, Billy West would have nothing to do with it. I believe. Um, and again, this you can fact check me on this. But, really. Um, yeah, yeah. It was it just didn't have the heart. It was um I think it was a vanity project more so and it was if you've seen it it's pretty it's not something that you can you can show your kids. Was that one in 3D by any chance? Uh no. no. I, it was just um no it, it was just some um some shorts done for Spike TV at the time. Okay. Um, I just, more
1: like, the, like the like like the it went straight from kid to like adult comedy like yeah. john saying it's, it's yeah. Ren and stimpy you don't dare show your kids
3: gotcha right
1: but i didn't yeah. i never yeah. saw it so I, I did i wasn't aware it wasn't uh anything good and i didn't know billy west didn't touch it
2: yeah no he he, he, he wasn't part of that um and again you know it's it someone else's vision on it but after some quite some time of other people running the show and, and taking care of what the classic was to us and you know it didn't work out and you know they moved on but i would hope that whatever they do new they do involve some of the original um, visionaries because ren stimpy truly was a, vi- a visionary um you yeah. know program and it's yeah. still to this day i can sit through and watch it like it's um it just came out
1: and to think that anybody would ever go ahead making that without billy west that's just kind of insane yeah yeah i can't imagine
2: well and he just wasn't wasn't interested in it at the time, sure. and you know he uh, there are books written on on the on it all, so I mean definitely do a better service to the story than I'm doing right now. As a matter of fact, Wikipedia probably will do a better service <laughs> to it than I'm doing right now. But I just just remember it didn't have the, it didn't have the buy-in at that
1: point. I'm gonna have to look into that. I got to hear how they sound. These bastardized versions of Ren and Stimpy. All right. Well, with that behind us, let's just jump to a quick commercial. And when we come back, we're going to be talking more with John about Boots & Pups. So stick around.
0: Well, hey, podcast listener. My name is Vince, and I'm the host of a show called The RR Show. It stands for Reddit Readings. We're going to sit down twice a week, and I'm going to bring you the most entertaining stories from all of the best subreddits that exist online. Things like malicious compliance, petty revenge, hey, lady, I don't work here. Oh, there's so much more. Wherever you get podcasts, subscribe today. And uh, it's like an adult story time. Let's hang out together. The RR Show. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Warriors in Their Own Words, a podcast that presents the unvarnished, unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation.
1: We are back from commercial and we are here with John Yaskatis Jr. of Boots and Pup. John, I want to thank you again for being here with us. Hope you're have uh, having a good time thus far. And we're excited to catch up with uh, everything Boots and Pup. Again, it's been episode 206. If I remember correctly, that's 2017 since you've been on the show.
2: Yeah, it seems like it's been that long. But I've really had nothing to say since 2017.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. Jack and Jeremy just traumatized you. You can, you can mess up. <laughs>
2: I'm, truly, I'm like the winter soldier. All I had to do was <laughs> say a bunch of words into my ear and I'm up again. I'm back at it.
1: <laughs> well, it's been a while again since you've been here. So for those of uh, our listeners who are coming into this, you know, first time hearing about Boots and Pup, can you tell them what exactly Boots and Pup is?
2: Well, you know, it's it's funny. It's, it's been evolving for me. So in the beginning, it was about two best friends on this journey in life that You know, develop kind of develops what friendship is truly is. Now, by this time, it's just about two guys being jerks to each other, which (laughs) I guess everything devolves into two two people being jerks to each other, right? That's I think that's where um, it all goes. But it's really it is they are the classic comedy duo. They are the odd couple. Um, They just so happen to be aliens from uh, from other planets. Um, They from the different sides of the tracks. All those. You know, tropes that you would see throughout the histories of friendships, they're there. Um, but it really, it is about th- these guys existing and living together, coexisting. Um, you know, they really couldn't be without each other. Um, there's a lot of me internally there. I think part of the struggle be- that I may go through between, it can be seen through both characters. Um, but it is an exploration of, of friendship um, for the most part.
1: Cool. I love hearing uh, you say that. Uh, you know how they started, and what they're, what they've come to. Just kind of, you know, their evolution has just kind of brought them to being jerks to one another. But <laughs> that's part of the journey. You know, that's still part of the journey. So it's, it's cool that there uh, is evolution happening with the characters.
3: And it's so cool too that you've kind of kept this going for, I mean, a lengthy period. I mean, if you were on an episode, what, what did you say, Jeremy? Forty something. Forty-two. So that would have been what, yeah. two thousand uh, fourteen? Like what? Fourteen. Yeah. Fourteen. Yeah, so yeah, 14, it's awesome that you're you've devoted that much time and that much you know creativity to that that franchise. Yeah, it
2: was either that or play like a video game, like you know, um, <laughs> you know
3: Mass Mass Effect.
2: You know, like, I had I had the choice: do I do I, do I engage in, in all these long term like Skyrim? Right, I can still people spend oh, their life playing Skyrim on twenty seven different platforms. All I've managed to do is spend 16 years, you know, focusing on these characters I created back when I was a teenager, and I've come to the realization that that's really all I'm going to do. I'm not, I'm not in it to find. I'm going to find the next new idea, something else. This is really what I've put all my creative energy behind, and my personal creative energy, and it's something that I've, I've really, it, it grounds me when I need to be grounded. It gives me something that I can look forward to and focus on. And surprisingly enough, this year, it's actually given me a bigger audience than I've had in quite some time, which has been amazing. I guess it's something to sticking to it, um, even though, you know, it doesn't seem like it was going as far as you wanted it to go. So it's been it's been really fun. And I, I've really been a, super appreciative of what's come to me this year. And I look forward to bringing it to as many readers as I possibly can that are willing to um, come along for the ride.
3: And that's awesome. And just kind of thumbing through your website too, uh, you know, it's just the, the the difference in each of your characters is just amazing. Just I'm looking at the uh, the characters portion on there, and it's just they're so bright, they're so colorful, they like very distinctive. I mean, it's it's almost like a Homestar Runner type feeling, <laughs> like a Flash kind of a thing. Yeah, and I don't mean that to be in a negative. It's just they're no, very very bright, very expressive, and um, yeah, they just look look great. Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you. There, um,
2: and a lot of them are, are kind of flow of consciousness creations. They're not okay. something that I, I, I'm not sitting there going, okay, I'm gonna, you know, spend the next three months developing this new character. Uh, I just, they just show up. When if you go back to the very beginning of the strips, and and some of them are painful to read through, but they're painful in a good way because you get to see me develop and learn how to tell stories as I'm going. Um, you get to see me kind of go off on some tangents that uh, may not seem like much at that point, but end up becoming big storylines as we go on, as we get to the the graphic novel that I produced. Um, I pull some of these ideas together. So I'm building a universe. I'm building a lore. I'm really um, kind of connecting them. But in in the beginning, um, you know, there was this idea of like this character was inside this, uh, this um, alligator's stomach and, As I'm writing it, I didn't know what this character was. He's talking to them uh, throughout, talking to the two characters from inside the alligator's stomach. And I'm like, I gotta gotta come up with what this character is. I mean, it's going too long. And I had no idea. And then it kind of came that it was gonna be a fish. It was gonna be a purple fish. And so uh, that purple fish comes out, and then I'm like, okay, now this fish is here, what do I do? What's the story going to be? And so I began to create the, this backstory that he was a pirate at one point, and he ended up getting, getting kicked off his ship, and the alligator ate him, and hence here so he is now, and he has treasure map, and then we kind of lose him, but then he came back, and then he came back again, and then uh, ultimately he became a main character in the graphic novel. And I'm like, I just love him, because where Boots and Pop are the classic you know laurel and hottie or abner costello when you bring the fish in they truly become the mox brothers and as we start okay. this off i love the mox brothers i you know could watch the films all day every day i love the humor when i was in college that's all we did is we hung around watch mox brother movies um but bring there's like something happens now where there's this, this trio and they have these insane interactions with each other that i don't i can't admit that i'm writing i just kind of feel like i'm leaving them in the room letting them kind of come up with their own shenanigans (laughs) and so it's it's really it's really been fun seeing these characters grow and 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 having you know this affinity towards them that i have so there's no no true true development it is kind of by the seat of my pants the storyline currently happening right now has been um while i have it plotted out um, it does sometimes change as I'm going along, which is also fun for me because I never expected it to go the way
1: it's been going. Words to live by, so we could say that same thing, couldn't we? I was a, uh, I mean, I mean about our show, not about your book. I'm not going <laughs> to be so presumptuous. <laughs> no, um, one question that I was going to ask because uh, I don't think I had asked it over the, uh, the last two times we'd had you on. Maybe I have and just forgot, but. I was going to ask what the inspiration was for Boots and Pop, but you kind of already said that. You said each of them are kind of a side of yourself, and uh, it's cool to hear that, and even cooler to hear you say sometimes you don't know where their conversation uh, comes from. You, know, It's like you just said, it's like kind of just locking them in a room and seeing what happens. So, So... I guess your creative process when it comes to these two, like, are you pulling from like inner dialogue that you're having like, uh, with yourself throughout the day? Like, is that a huge inspiration being that they're, uh, so based on your personality?
2: Um, I definitely think in the past more so the storylines truly could have been based in my, um, my day to day reality. Um, you know, they, they went through some of the struggles I went through some of the, um, you know, reckonings of life and, and understandings and learning and growth. But I think, yeah, now, now that it's really, um, okay, I want to tell this type of story. And one of the things that I loved as a kid was the Abbott and Costello meets movies, you know. Oh, it's yeah. Wolfman meets <laughs> Frankenstein. And so I've put them in that, that category now where they're – but they're not meeting Frankenstein, Dracula. They're meeting um, some of the the, the – these genres of of video games and movies that we've kind of, you know, we, we well, I wouldn't say we've grown up playing because I'm an adult and, you know, playing these games or, but they're the games that the kids are playing now and, and that they're kind of going through. And like, wh- what would it be like, for instance, if Boots and Pup ended up in the movie Saw? Well, crazy, right? <laughs> it's right. really crazy. Um, and would it be like that? No, but there's certain things that we can pull. And bring into the storyline the suspense, the the, um, the the you know the the, the, sh- the sh- uh, shock scare thing that happens there, um, the weirdness. Like right now, um, th- there's a storyline with a neighbor, and the question is, is the neighbor up to no good? Well, how do you find out? Well, obviously, you sneak into their house and find out, right? And then you're are there trying to avoid the neighbor, like some of these games. I, I think there's is it called Granny or something like that that. You have to try and escape from a house with this like ghoulish woman that's trying to keep you locked up.
1: Oh my god, so, that sounds yeah. Shit.
2: <laughs> well, and and so so I'm like this. These are the types of things that, as I was a kid growing up, I would have loved to have seen the interaction with, with that type of media. Yeah. And so I'm trying to trying trying to pull um, from the modern. T- tales of horror and, and suspense and it's not all horror it really it really isn't I mean there's no blood there's no gore there's no guts it's still very much family friendly it's o- open up to all readers um, it's very I try to make it as inclusive as possible um, and really make it about the characters um, but th- there's just there's also a sense of dream world going on there too like is this a reality is this their reality is it a dream we're already introduced a dream in, in one of the storylines question is is it still a dream I don't know, because I'm still writing it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I want to see Boots and Pup meets Banjo Kazooie.
2: Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, speaking of Banjo Kazooie, did you guys see the this um, Nintendo 64 game that went for a million bucks?
3: No. Yeah. So the uh, what the unsealed Super Mario 64. Yeah, yeah, that's just today, right? Uh, yeah, I think that's when I saw. Yeah, 1.5 mil, I think, is what it ended up selling for. What?
1: For a Nintendo like 64 a game,
3: Mario. But it was factory sealed. Like, pristine condition. Well, I mean, think about, like, comic-wise, right? Like, you could get, a like... house
1: and five first... cars or a Nintendo Day. let's think.
3: <laughs> well, I mean, as far as, like, you know, a, a high-rated copy of, like, the first appearance of Spider-Man or something versus just the same copy, but it's got, like, ages ripped and shit like that. So I think that's... I mean,
1: yeah, yeah. I understand that, but I just had no idea that Nintendo 64 games were on such a, like, okay, I can see, like, an original, like, uh, Mario Brothers Atari or Donkey Kong Atari game, but Nintendo 64, I didn't realize it was so rare and that people were so willing to pay, Jesus, you said a million and a half?
2: I
3: think that's what I saw, yeah. 1.56
2: Yeah, 1.56 million and it, and and what, what what's crazy about this is that this was a game that you you know you everybody had mm-hmm. it was this wasn't this wasn't something that oh it was super rare like Conquer's bad for a day right like this was clearly everybody so everybody at one point had the opportunity to have a 1.56 million dollar game in their life like and we just wow. opened it. We just like, yeah, you know what? We don't want. We just want to enjoy this, you know. And we, and and, and play. It's it's it is crazy that we're seeing this. But this is also what happens. This is how dangerous it is when people grow up and have money of their own. Yeah. I like, think it's <laughs> like I'll, I'll spend it on it. You, Boba Fett with a rocket rocket firing missile? Absolutely. Sign me up. Actually, that's not even going for that much. I think they just had one going off for a couple hundred thousand or whatever. I don't know where that landed at. But like, this is yeah. This is. Man, tell me crazy. there's
1: not some level of buyer's remorse. You hand over a million, $1.5 million, and the dude just like, all right, there you go. And you're just sitting there with it in your hand, like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, right.
2: <laughs> or you just open it. That's the best part. Check <laughs> right. this out, guys. Watch this. I'm opening it. That's going to be the ultimate um TikTok video.
1: So I still have Conkers with the book and box, but they've been opened. How much could I get for that, do you think? Maybe
3: uh Oh no, dude! Is it in good? Sh- <laughs> is it in in good shape? Nah.
1: <laughs> nah. Yeah, so what? Sure. A, what a cool fifty
3: grand then, probably. I mean, something like that, yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> you can just retire off it. I mean, no big deal. Oh,
1: my conquer fortune, yeah. Oh my God! So what's next then uh, for you, John, and for Boots and Pop? I mean, I know you uh, don't have any plans of slowing down with this web comic, but as far as uh, future stories or con appearances, what's coming down the pike for you?
2: Yeah. So um, as far as, as far as storyline, um, it's been seven days a week, and Instagram is really the only place to see it up to date. That's at Boots and Pop, and it, it posts every um, night at nine o'clock. Actually, I have one that's coming right after the show. Um, is Finish being taped, but um, as far as con appearances, which I love, and it's you know it it was tough to have COVID kind of sideline that. But um, I will be actually um, at Fan Expo Boston, which is um, you know in my backyard here in Massachusetts, and that's that's Labor Day weekend. So I'll be excited to get back out there. I'll have a new book, maybe two new books, with the content I've I've been developing lately. To be able to um, to sell to folks who are interested, and then um, you know, looking forward to what next year brings. Uh, I'd love to have a trip back to San Diego. Uh, 2018 was the last time I was there, so it, it would be nice to kind of go back out with that group again and, and, and engage in you know truly big, incredibly large um, comic cons. Sure. And yeah, just kind of keep 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 going at it. And it's been fun. I've really been enjoying it. I, I really appreciate the opportunity to be on the show again.
1: Thank you. Hey, no uh, problem, man. I mean, you, you have a home here. Again, you're one of those OGs. Like, you, <laughs> you've got you've got say over uh, most people. So, anytime, brother, you want to be on the show, you you have a seat here. And I want to compliment you on your uh, Instagram because what a fantastic way. To read a web comic like that. I mean, uh, there's been many web comics in the past I've been a fan of, but you know, I've got to sit down sometimes at the computer because my phone won't handle it quite the right way and, you know, go to five different clicks before I get there. Your Instagram just makes it so easy to just, you know, indulge and just uh, read all those comics just at the, with a few clicks. And then once you follow, they're just daily right there. I love that. So, what a great idea, great format.
2: Well, thank you and I really the, the audience has been amazing I've, I this level of um, interaction reaction um, the fan art which is something that I never really experienced before was they just they're just the best and I really am looking forward to You know, continuing to entertain them and watch watching them grow, um, and and seeing just new readers come on board, it really excites me, and it it really gets me going to want to create the next um, installment. I don't feel like I'm creating it in a vacuum anymore. I really feel like I'm creating something that will resonate, and you know, it's just it's just awesome. Again, I can't say enough about about the folks who have found me and have been supporting me for the past since March when I when I made this a real a real push and. I, you know, this is this is for them. I'm here. I'm here talking to them, to you guys tonight, because um, there are people out there who are reading and caring about the comic, and I really want to make sure that I'm doing doing best for them and doing best for building that audience and and, and you know, giving them what, what they're looking for.
3: For somebody that maybe um, is just hearing this for the first time, where's the the best kind of starting point? Because, like you said, you have kind of the 16 year period of you know content. Is there like a a, a place they should go first to kind of get in, introduced to the characters what's, what's your preference on that
2: um well gee it is interesting right because I, yeah, if you send them all the way to the beginning they may not hang around for the end
1: <laughs> there's um, a lot of stuff I, there in there
2: well it's not as much as, as some comics there are some comics out there that are truly into the thousands and and one of the, one of the things on the website I try to make it easy for folks is that there there are chapters and jumping on points so you can check and kind of look at a uh, complete storyline based upon the chapter and that is okay. actually under uh, off the home page you can go to um, right below right below the, the stream of new comics you can see latest chapters and when you click on more chapters it will take you through. Um, all different types of storylines that happen, but if, if people really want to start enjoying the way Boots and pup is happening now and on Instagram, if I was to give them a start on point, um, if I could, if I could pull up my Instagram, I can tell you. Um, Sorry, I didn't mean to put I you know, on the spot, brother. No, no, that's fine. Uh, I, I love talking about myself. Are you kidding me? <laughs> um, and b- by the way, if I was to, um, if I was to pick voices for Boots and pup, um, I, I've been thinking about this long and hard, and I think one of the the the, the characters or the actors that I love to see them play uh, boots and pop. And I don't know that this would work out, and this might ruin it for everybody because this question was actually brought up on Instagram. I, and speaking of comedy duos, I love um, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. I think that oh, those guys man. are absolutely boffo. Their movies, I, I'm, I'm huge fans of uh, what they do when they, they're doing it together. I could totally see these guys kind of kind of coming in and, and voicing these characters and really doing them justice. That's awesome.
1: No, I, um, I can hear it in my head, actually. I can hear it and it would work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no,
2: it's, it's super, super, super um, fun. And if I was to send you to look at the new stuff, um, the new storylines, you would start on... May 24th would, would kind of start you off and then um kind of re- reading straight through because this I'm into the second storyline but they all they're, they're, from the 24th on they're interconnected
1: gotcha well man I strongly again encourage people to check out that Instagram that's at boots and Pop, as well as boots John I know you have your Twitter at John euskatus is there anywhere else we should be sending people
2: um actually it's all boots and Pup. yeah I know I've been I've been good. If you if you if you want to find me on any one of the um, and that even goes down to Twitch, which I don't have anything going on there right now, but everything is at is at Boots and Pub, perfect, right across the bat.
1: Perfect, man. Well, thank you so much for being here. It's always a pleasure, and I can't wait for the next time. Let's please not let two hundred episodes pass uh, before we decide <laughs> to course. get this in the books again because it's just too much fun talking to you.
2: Absolutely, I'm absolutely looking forward to come back and making it more frequently because I. I, I I think, I think you guys are the greatest and um i just uh, just love coming on and, and, and talking and catching up
1: well oh, man we love having you and we appreciate your kind words so thank you so much man randy what do we have on the website sir
3: go to Candairpodcast.com, see past episode check out our special guests uh check out our hall of heroes get some merch uh check out uh evergreen the link to evergreen which we're a uh, member of uh forgot to mention that at the top of the episode my bad but, uh, yeah, check out all the great shows on there and uh, send us a message on our contact
1: page. And find us on Twitter at CandairPod and Instagram at underscore air. And once again, CandarePodcast.com has those two special buttons that allow you to show your support. The merch button where you can buy T-shirts, totes, mugs, all that happy stuff. And then our Patreon pod, which... Our, our Patreon page, which contains the Patreon pod and tons of other uh, projects we have and uh, that you are privy to, depending on if you want to donate 5 or $10 a month. A lot of extra and we're content not, there for a little bit of scratch.
3: And we're not blowing smoke. There's so much great content on
1: yeah yeah it's it's good stuff if it was bad i would tell you i mean didn't i just say our t-shirts were crap though those aren't crap (laughs) they they really are they are the best t-shirts we've ever had i will i can say comfortably that the first place we had our t-shirts done through now that was crap but i won't i won't throw that name out so the t-shirts are good now all the merch is good i just like to try to be funny even if it costs me money so
3: uh here we are Uh, is there anything else uh, we need to say randy before we go if you're in the Columbus, Ohio area and not uh, adverse to making a drive, come check us out in uh, Lewis Center at the Tour Gaming Expo, September
1: 25th. Looking forward to that and all the uh, people we're going to finally get to see. It's been too long uh, because of that damn COVID. That damn COVID. <laughs> but, all right. I think that's going to do it for this week. So until next time, I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Randy Hardenbrook. And I'm John Yaskatas. Thanks so much for listening, everyone, and be excellent to each other.
0: on fire. I need
1: to get help. Do it from outside. Blow Torch! Whenever there's a fire in your house, be sure to get outside immediately. And once outside, get on candarepodcast.com Well, thanks for the tip, blowtorch. but just one question. What about the fire? And no one is half the battle. G.I. Joe!
3: So, uh, 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 um, 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 and, uh, um, um, uh, um, um, uh um, um, uh, some, uh, uh, um. This has been
2: a Canned Air production.